In the gospel, according to John in chapter 7, Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles. Good morning, Christian America. And at this Feast of, tab of the Tabernacles, Jesus has words for his detractors, those who are seeking to kill him. He has words for his followers. He has words for us. He gives us a lesson about who he is, who sent him, where he's from. And the goodness that he brings, let's get into scripture this Monday. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Ed here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. We seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. If you support that mission. If you support what we're trying to do, we don't ask for your donations. We ask for your participation. Participate in the revitalization effort by simply subscribing to this podcast, subscribing to this YouTube channel. Go to ChristianAmericanTees.com. Pick, uh, pick yourself up some Christian American apparel to show the world that you put Christ at the forefront of your life. Friends, today we come to you this Monday as we come to you every Monday to give you scripture verbatim, word for word, line for line. In order, in sequence, in context, we read it to you, we show it to you, so you can't be led astray. Scripture speaks to various people at various levels. It depends on where they're at. Jesus talks to us individually. The Spirit comes to us individually. And so if we don't read the Scripture in context, if we don't pay attention, if we don't read the Bible, read what Jesus says Read how he tells us to live. Listen to him. Feel that Holy Spirit. Then we can be led astray by those who try to summarize scripture. And they cherry pick verses for their own agenda, for their own glorification. And Jesus has words about those who seek out their own glorification in today's passage. And so we want to get into scripture so that you can see it, so that you can read it, you can follow along. Last week and the weeks before that, you know that we're going down the gospel according to John. Today, we're going to start in chapter 7, verse 1. But leading up to this point, Jesus has been teaching his followers. He's been performing miracles. Um, he's given all the detractors exactly what they've needed to pit them against him. He's equated himself with God. He's defined the Trinity. In chapter 6, he equates himself with the Father and the Father who sends him. He's given them hard lessons to understand. He's talked about the bread of life and how he is the bread of life. His body is the bread of life. His blood is the true drink. And that to follow him, you must eat his body and drink his blood. And when he says that, a lot of the followers leave him because they don't understand it. It's difficult. But the apostles, they stay true. And so they continue on into, into, this, um, into this chapter, chapter 7, where Jesus is invited to the Feasts of Tabernacles. And we'll get into it so you can see exactly what happens, what Jesus does, how he gets there, when he gets there and reveals himself, what he says to both those who follow him and those who wish his death. So again, grab your Bibles, turn it to the gospel according to John chapter 7, verse 1. At the Feast of the Tabernacles, 
It says, after this, Jesus moved within Galilee, but he did not wish to travel in Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. But the Jewish feast of the tabernacles was near. So his brothers said to him, leave here, go to Judea so that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. No one works in secret if they want to be known publicly. If you do these things, manifest yourself to the world. For his brothers did not believe in him. So Jesus said to them, my time is not yet here, but the time is always right for you. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify to it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to the feast because my time has not yet been fulfilled. After he had said this, he stayed in, uh, he stayed on in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, he himself also went up, not openly, but as it were in secret. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? And there was considerable murmuring about him in the crowds. Some said he is a good man, while others said, no, on the contrary, he misleads the crowd. Still, no one spoke openly about him because they were afraid of the Jews. When the feast was already half over, Jesus went up to the temple area and began to teach. The Jews were amazed and said, how does he know scripture without having studied Jesus answered them and said, my teaching is not of my own, but is of the one who sent me. Whoever chooses to do his will shall know whether my teaching is from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on his, whoever speaks on his own seeks his own glory, but whoever seeks the glory of the one who sent him is truthful and there is no wrong in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why are you trying to kill me? The crowd answered, you are possessed. Who is trying to kill you? And Jesus answered them and said to them, I performed one work, and all of you are amazed because of it. Moses gave you circumcision. Not that it came from Moses, rather from the patriarchs. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man can receive circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a whole person well on the Sabbath? Stop judging by appearances, but judge justly. So some of the inhabitants of Jerusalem said, is he not the one they are trying to kill? And look, he is speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Could the authorities have realized that he is the Messiah? But we know where he is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. So Jesus cried out in the temple area as he was teaching and said, You know me and also know where I am from. Yet I did not come on my own, but the one who sent me, whom you do not know, is true. I know him because I am from him and he sent me. So they tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand upon him because his hour had not yet come. But many of the crowd began to believe in him and said, when the Messiah comes, he will 
will he perform more signs than this man has done? So this is a long passage, but it was necessary to get through it all. For one, because we want to keep it in order. We want to let you know exactly how the transition comes from chapter 6 and the bread of life discourse, the, the words of eternal life discourse, into this Feast of the Tabernacles, where a lot of things are kind of revealed. One of them is that the people who knew Jesus when he was younger, they really don't believe in who he is. And the disciples recognize that. And so they're trying to get Jesus to perform more miracles to, to quote unquote, prove himself. And Jesus tells them, you go to the, to the feast. I won't go. But then he ends up going in secret, as scripture says. Then he, he listens to people. They don't recognize him. They're speaking about Jesus quietly asking questions if he's the messiah asking if he's going to be around asking about whether he's going to show up or not and then he does show up it says when the feast is halfway over then he shows up so he shows up late and he goes into the temple area and he starts to preach he starts to teach as he normally does and it says the jews are amazed because of his words and they ask themselves, how does he know so much? How does he know scripture when he's not studied? You see, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, uh, the religious leadership, they were the ones who studied the Old Testament. They studied the works of the prophets, the Psalms. They prayed the Psalms. They listened and followed the teachings, studied the teachings of, of Moses and the Torah. And most of Everyone else was poor and uneducated and didn't know the scriptures. But yet here's this, this seemingly peasant from a small town of Nazareth. And he speaks so well. He is so knowledgeable. He knows so much about scripture without having been taught, supposedly, that he amazes all of the religious leaders who are listening to him. And that amazement quickly turns into jealousy. It quickly turns into anger. They recognize that his influence over the crowd is something that threatens their authority. It threatens their, um, their position in the community, and they want it to stop. Then he goes on to equate himself with the father once again saying, you do not know where I come from. I come from the Father. He is the one who sent me. I am here because of him. We are one. And that's what gets people's anger up. And he says, you're trying to kill me. Why are you trying to kill me? Because I did something good on the Sabbath. This, this is stemming from a couple of chapters before where there's a man who's been lame for 38 years and it's the sabbath and jesus heals him on the sabbath that's what starts this in th this whole dialogue in the gospel according to john and so jesus says look moses gave you the law and none of you follow the law he says moses gave you circumcision not because it was his law, but rather of his ancestors. Circumcision was the covenant between Abraham and God in the book of Genesis. And so, but Moses codified it in the, in the Torah. And he says, you will circumcise 
a child according to the law on the appropriate day, if even if it was on the Sabbath, because you have to keep Moses's law. But here I am saving someone, making a grown man whole. And that's not worth doing on the Sabbath. He's pointing out the contradiction in the two actions and the hypocrisy of the leadership in the community. And he's saying, look, you're missing the spirit of what is being said to love God and to obey him. Judge justly. Those were the words that Jesus is that Jesus uses. Chapter seven, verse 24. Stop judging by appearances. Judge justly. Jesus comes to fulfill the spirit of the law. He takes the letter of the law. He, he takes the Mosaic law, the, mo, the, the law handed down to Moses from the father, and he clarifies it. He doesn't get rid of it. He doesn't destroy it. Jesus' own words say that he comes to fulfill it. He gives the law a spirit. He gives the law meaning. These religious leaders are living by the or supposedly living by the letter of the law. And they don't understand the meaning behind it. And Jesus' teaching, referring back to the, the old law, but clarifying what it truly means to love God with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love one another as God loves us, as we love ourselves. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you to remember these words as we continue to go through the gospel according to John. As you continue to live your life in a manner in which Jesus would inspire you to, one of love and compassion and kindness, one of caring and giving, one that speaks well of others and doesn't gossip, that doesn't betray, that doesn't deny truth that God has given us the truth, Jesus himself, the man who is truth, who is the life, who is the way that we should live our lives. When we encounter the world, we must encounter the world in the same way that Jesus encountered the world. Not weak, but strong. But strong doesn't mean angry. It doesn't mean to be rude. It doesn't mean to be violent. It doesn't mean to be a tyrant. But strength through peace, strength and kindness, strength and loving to take on the evils of the world and follow the word of God. Friends, again, if you like what we're trying to do here, if you support this calling, if you support these types of messages, this type of content, we don't ask for your donations. We ask for you to subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to this YouTube channel, subscribe to this Rumble channel, and you would do us a, a great service. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Monday, where we continue down chapter seven of the, uh, uh, the gospel according to John, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.